Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. Mid-June. Almost Friday the 13th. No, not even close not to a Friday the 13th. It's Tuesday. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, some year it definitely was. I actually, I specifically remember Friday, June 13th, but I couldn't tell you which year it was. In the last three, I'm pretty sure that there was one. One of these days during our massive Friday the 13th fest that's going over six years and we're four movies into, mm -hmm. I wonder if Saturday the 14th, it can't be out there. Nobody has that, right? No, nah, like, probably not. But I mean, you know, maybe. Who knows? Magic happens over <laughs> the course of a six-year continuous film fest. But that's one of those things that people always, always say, oh, you should play Saturday the 14th. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. And I'm like... Would you really come to it? No, no, we'd get 10 people. <laughs> yeah. And they'd be like, Andrew and I and you. <laughs> yeah, nobody who actually paid to get in. Yeah, yeah, we need to actually afford it, and it's probably not going to happen. But I mean, it definitely would be a funny gag. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe like if Lee's feeling loopy that day, maybe <laughs> like, just ah, we're having some fun. I'm going to book that. Well, that's like, I did all the social media last night for our four upcoming movies. And on, I think all four of them, in one social media or another, people said, oh, that movie was great. Which is nice because you think, okay, they're saying it's good. That spreads good vibes yeah, about it. Yeah, for the next people, you know. But at the same time, I admit I feel a little bit jilted where yeah. I'm like, oh, that means you already saw it. <laughs> you knew we were going to get it. Come yeah. on. I kind of feel that way like when I comment a similar thing on a post. But yeah, for me, it's I'm just kind of like trying to hype it up because if some rando is going past and they're just like, oh, wow. Yeah, that guy said it was good. I don't, I'm like, I don't think so highly of me that they're going to be like, Eric Larson said, <laughs> he said it, was it so good. Yeah, I do feel like mildly guilty but it's most of it is situational you know like it's not like a deliberate slight yeah and i'm never mad at the person obviously but i always want to reply but i think it'll come off wrong so you're coming again right you should have waited but it's just funny because like i'm i always just think like oh that's one less ticket and bag of popcorn yeah, wish you'd seen it here but okay <laughs> you know, like uh, does that come off too whiny? i don't know <laughs> yeah and especially we're a very different beast now because we get even the most mainstream second run stuff way faster i think back to my high school days coming to the mayfair and a new film wouldn't hit the mayfair for about six months like right. i'm thinking of stuff like batman or jurassic park stuff like that whereas now we're getting stuff within weeks of its mainstream theatrical run so we get it way faster but yeah every time somebody says oh that was great i'm like oh you saw it eh? okay yeah and even one of these almost feels like a premiere it's so new you know i won't spoil saying which one but just you yeah. know a canadian filmmaker and, and i was like i knew it wasn't the premiere premiere but it's so new that i was a little surprised we got it that quick. i was surprised too i thought this was gonna be months from now yeah and actually like i mean not you know every week is amazing of course but this yeah. week in particular it really is a crazy week of booking my friend Kelly, who lives in Montreal and is a big Mayfair fan, once he road tripped to the Mayfair, actually he did it a few times, I think, but once he did it specifically for Aliens, and we actually had a little comic book signing thing for him here because he did some cool adventure -y kind of comic. So we played Time Bandits, and then he sold some books and stuff like that. So, But he commented from Montreal. He was like, holy cow, that's yeah. a lot of good movies this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, we always think it's going to be good, but this was the time that I'm like, I know all those movies. And most times I try not to look ahead of time because it's almost funnier to me, the freshness of revealing it yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, if I see you made the post, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm kind of intrigued. Check I got a head start because Lee knew we had a bunch of stuff not confirmed, but 99% for sure he mm. was going to get as soon as he could. So it allowed me to do a bit of a head start where I posted 
those four movies and I think two or three other ones to our website, but just not listed, just mm-hmm. with it coming soon, and found the posters. And just that little thing, just it's math. It yeah. just means that yesterday that was, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, half an hour less work per movie that I mm-hmm. did on the weekend. So I was able to whip through it last night, and last night got everything posted, all the advanced posters made, our digital flyer made, all that kind of stuff. But it was funny because then the end of night report came in. Andrew was working last night and we had a really good weekend, helped a lot by cinema and kind of second run type stuff. We were screening like the Northman did really well. We screened Breakfast at Tiffany's, a classic, which did really well. Mm -hmm. So Sunday night, we had a night three times more than the minimum we want to make. Wow. But then Monday night, we had half of what we want to make on a day. But well, that math still checks out that exactly. we exactly. So it's kind of like you have your good days and your bad. Yeah. But I bumped into Lee. He came in. He and his friend got rid of the popcorn machine. So oh, if you I come was, to yeah. our lobby, you'll see the popcorn machine is um, gone. Man, I was wondering. You know what? It's funny. I'm. I was so used to it still being there that I didn't even really notice it wasn't there. I walked right by it. I was like, "There's the popcorn machine." I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like a cartoon cat rubbing its eyes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was in. He of course was wearing his brand new celebration star wars celebration leather jacket oh come on Le- and t-shirt see because i knew you were gonna say like shirt or something but leather jacket too? i think it was a, if not leather jacket not leather jacket but what do you call like a pleather like a, a spring jacket almost like a basketball jacket you okay. know oh, see now i'm a little more intrigued like one of those not too heavy colorful non-denim fabric like three hundred like three hundred dollar jacket i'm gonna say like uh, probably and that's well, american too so that's five thousand dollars canadian we're getting off topic from what <laughs> what I was talking about, but it's a funny story where I don't think I mentioned this last time. So he was down at Star Wars Celebration and everything's digital now. And so he was telling me these stories, all these lovely stories of meeting other fans and meeting celebrities and just it's a real, a real nice nerd place. And everybody was masked up and everybody was doing their part. So in the mornings he would get in line and it wasn't anything ridiculous, not like eight hours in line early, but he's there a couple hours early for whatever. So there was apps that would be like, okay, we're going to give away some door prizes now. Hmm. And I'm assuming it was a lightsaber, but a light, <laughs> a light would go along. And if it kept going or stayed on or whatever, you'd be like, oh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. And he said there was other nerds around him going like, oh, Lee, Lee, you're still on. You're going to win. You're going to win. And so he did. He won. Oh, oh, man. But the funny thing is, I think sometimes his prizes, sometimes it might be front row seat in the Q&A or okay. whatever. This was... And it's funny that it's quote unquote a prize because it's a prize that's going to cost you a fortune. But it got him into the store without having to stand in line for four hours. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It it let him spend money quicker? Let him spend money quicker. (laughs) But it meant I really wanted a t-shirt and Gwen wanted a shirt. But I said to him, I'm like, don't make an effort. I don't want you to miss going to a screening that you want to see or something like that. But he won this thing. So it meant he got to go in, but it didn't mean he got anything free, but he got all this stuff. So he got the shirt I wanted, got oh the shirt Gwen wanted. It was like wanted. supermarket sweep. He's just like yeah. going around. And he said he got two suitcases to bring home stuff. Oh my God. He walked into like Target or Walmart. Got... Oh, like there he bought luggage. Yes. Okay. And then he said he lucked out. And I find this too when you're traveling. Sometimes it's luck of the draw of the person doing the luggage thing where they'll just go like, ah, it's Okay. Or they'll charge you an extra $100 or whatever. But I've been in the situation a couple times of lucking out where I didn't get charged extra. Wow. So he got... 
this is my favorite part of the story. He got a Funko. <laughs> I believe it was a fancy Obi-Wan Funko. Oh, sure. It could have been anything and it wouldn't have surprised me. And he said he bought it. And even if he paid a little bit more than a Funko normally costs, say he paid $40 for it. He checked later in the day. And this doesn't mean somebody actually bought this. It was on eBay for $800. Jesus. And then when I told Gwen this story, she looked, it was $3,000 <laughs> for real. So it's nuts. You but, only bought one? Like, what an idiot. Yeah, you could have been rich. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm not the kind, I mean, I'm drowning in shirts right now, so yeah. it wouldn't have helped me. Now it's funny because I'm like, geez, I really should have told him to grab me, whatever. But I'm like, what the hell? I don't need things really. Like, yeah. But that would have been kind of cool. And like, I'm wondering, like, does it, so did he get, does he get what, 10, 15 minutes in there? Yeah, or? I'm not sure. It's a cool prize if you're a collector. For sure. It just, it would be a cooler prize if they were like, you get a free Funko. Yeah. But that saved a chunk of his day, right? He got to go do something else probably instead of wait in line for four hours. But it's that part of convention life that I never do. I love going to panels. I love going to Q&As. I love walking around and meeting people. But if there's a thing of stand in line for four hours to get this Hellboy poster, I'd be like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's. I would already feel bad spending more than I should. And yeah. so if I have four hours to think about it, I probably won't. <laughs> but if I walk by the Dark Horse booth and Guillermo del Toro and Doug Jones and Mike Mignola are there signing Pan's Labyrinth posters, which happened to me years back, and there's only a minimal lineup, that I'll do. Yeah, that's much different. But that's at least, I don't know, that feels more one-of-a-kind kind of thing where yeah. the Star Wars story. I mean, sure, some of that stuff you can't get anywhere else, I bet. But like, it is, it does feel like almost perverse where at this point now where you're like, oh yeah, well, just four more hours and then I can buy product <laughs> from Disney. And they're like, yeah. oh, I won a prize buying product from <laughs> Disney quicker. You know, like it just, yeah. it's, it's almost like disturbing to think about. So anyhow, he had a lovely time, but we were chatting and he said, we might, and there's an ebb and flow. Things always change. There'll be a few months where we have more premieres, a few months where we have more family-friendly stuff. It just, it's a never-ending wave. As we speak, premieres and kind of art house stuff aren't doing as well as just still awesome stuff, but kind of second-run stuff, slightly more mainstream stuff. So he said we might kind of lean towards just focusing on that, which you almost see when we talk about this upcoming week. So it's not to say we're never going to have little art house Canadian movies again, don't research into this because I don't want to. I don't want to make them feel bad. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but yesterday night it was two very acclaimed, cool Ottawa premiere films, and they both got eight people apiece. All right. Hey, there's still more than one. That's more than one. But one of these films a few days ago got zero. Oh no! The first, our first. That's in a long time that I can think of. Yeah. And so oh. when when you see that zero on there, mm, all that popcorn. It's. <laughs> And you just think that the greater Ottawa area, not real Ottawa, but Ottawa with all the suburbias and everything is a million people. And you think there wasn't one person who looked at the website that day and went, hey, I'll go see that movie. Yeah. And so that hurts. So it's supply and demand. So anyone who gets mad who might say, why don't you show more of this? Why don't you show more of that? Every time that happens, and I won't even give specificity, but it happens over and over again of somebody saying, why won't you show this? And then I snarkily will reply <laughs> on Twitter and be like, oh, did you see this, 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 this from female filmmakers that we screened in the last couple months? And it either gets no reply or they miss seeing those. And I'm like, well, 
you gotta help us out here. Yeah. You gotta. That's and, and you know, and it's usually related stuff. It's not like getting Star Wars. It's like, well, you didn't come to Twelve Years a Slave, so why would yeah. we get Star Wars? Like, I don't see the correlation. Yeah, like I said, it's not like all of a sudden you're gonna see we're playing Fast and Furious and Michael Bay movies. No. Of course not. There will still be indie weird movies playing. Like I said, if you go back over our years, our over a decade, you'll see these patterns and it's just like, oh, hey, this is doing better now. There was a time we almost got rid of the room because for three, four months in a row, it just went down Yeah, and we were just about to get rid of it and then it went back up and we're like, curses. <laughs> yeah. No, you never really know with that stuff. I don't know. It must be, I'm just picturing Lee in like his new jacket with two suitcases <laughs> full of stuff looking at the zero person report. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Maybe you got to make some changes there. But... You should have bought less Funkos. Oh, man. I, I am happy to hear that cinema, like the first mid-month cinema did well, though. Yeah. And that, an example of our keen business sense, I'm like, okay, do we just do that forever now? Because, and that helped too with the numbers for Sunday. Mm -hmm. because often a manager you need to do the day reports for the day but cinema not being an official movie you can do the day reports send those off do all that kind of stuff and then the midnight show all that money can just go over to sunday Mm -hmm. because it's not like we need that that's just like oh that's tomorrow's money that's fine so what it meant was i think it was like 21 new memberships oh wow and so that's 21 times 14. Yeah. And I don't think we had 300 people, but I think it was like, say, 50, 60 people. And if half of those all bought a popcorn and a drink, that all adds up. So we look at that and we're like, oh, well, the cinema fans are following up on their demand for more cinema. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how the summer goes, but that could be a new thing of a bi-weekly cinema forever. Yeah, and, and cinema usually is a large popcorn crowd. They're good at getting snacks. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is exactly. I always found that 9 p.m. and cinema always, usually they'll get the large popcorns, you know, they're enjoying the snack. Uh, I find two of the handful of times that we've done it, not often, but we have, of one of those you win free passes off the radio type movies. Mm-hmm. People are more apt to get popcorn and stuff because they're like, oh, well, I got in for free. Yeah. So I didn't just spend, especially if it's a multiplex, you know, I just didn't spend 30 bucks to come see a movie with my girlfriend. I'm going to buy a bunch of popcorn. Yeah, exactly. So that works out well. Plus, like, you know, September, October would be good months to have two cinemas. Just keep coming out, please. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So let us chat about our four movies upcoming the week of Friday, June 17th. All right. Our first movie... I'll start with the grown-up movie. Okay. We have one that's gotten a lot of buzz that I didn't hear about until we booked it. It's called Benediction. It's a UK World War I movie, a true story about a poet named Siegfried Sassoon. Not only was he opposed to the war, which got him in trouble, he was also a closeted gay soldier. Oh, man. And so you imagine that that probably wasn't easy either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a very good Pride Month booking too. Like, As I was saying, I love that we, we can book a movie or two like this. That's a brand new film too, so of interest. I got it confused with Benedetta that we just had not yeah. long ago. And I was like, okay, that's not... I think that was the Nun movie. I'm like, not quite the same thing. And uh, Geek tie-in, Peter Capaldi. Doctor Who is in it as well. Of course. And that's, I think I've been pronouncing his last name wrong, but I I know now. (laughs) These always do well. These kind of, it's funny, historical 
World War movies keep coming. Yeah. Like the stories never end. And no. pe- sometimes there was once we were screening 1917 or something like that. And I overheard a couple people go, oh, another story about white people fighting a war. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's true. But it's because there's so many stories. There's always some new little twist or turn that you right. can find or like this about a gay closeted poet soldier. Yeah. We need to bring back wind talkers, you know, because you get the Native oh, American cage. aspect of that and the cage aspect. Yeah. So it's like, hooray. So then the next film on the agenda is Crimes of the Future. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, I'm surprised we got it this quick. That might not be a good harbinger for how it was doing at Cineplex, but we don't think about that part. We're just thinking about how it does here. I didn't even think about that, but that is very true. Yeah. Where it happened fast though. Like it was at Cannes Mm -hmm. yesterday, like nothing. basically. And sometimes when that happens, I had people asking and I was like, I guarantee you will get it, but it might be a few months because sometimes a movie premieres at Cannes and you'll see us and it'll say Ottawa premiere and it's a 2021 film because it'll premiere at Cannes and then go out to a bunch of other festivals and then sometimes do an overseas thing and then hit Canadian soil. Yeah. But this seemed to be like Cannes, multiplex a couple weeks later, and then now we've got it. Yeah, and it doesn't even necessarily have distribution yet when they play at Cannes, right? That's correct. Yeah, so I mean, you're already... I mean, with his stuff, obviously, it's going to get distribution just based on the name alone and the cast. But yeah, it's definitely happened too, where you hear about something, it gets a lot of buzz, and then it literally can't be released. It doesn't even have a distributor. And in Canada, sometimes it never gets a distributor. So yeah, (laughs) we were just... We're lucky to have this at all, but yeah, to get it this quick is awesome. Awesome. And this is his first feature film in, I think, about eight years. Mm-hmm. And not that he hasn't been busy because he's always writing stuff or acting yeah. or producing things. But it's funny is he has a slightly more mainstream audience now because I don't think I could drag Gwen to this movie because it's a <laughs> David Cronenberg. It's David Cronenberg being David Cronenberg, which he hasn't done in a few years. Mm-hmm. She knows him now because of Star Trek. Because of all things, he is a nerd just like us. Mm-hmm. And he lives in Canada. He lives in Toronto. And... Somebody was probably like, we want a David Cronenberg type to play this weird doctor on Star Trek. <laughs> Somebody put up their hand and went, oh, he lives here. We could get him. Yeah, he's right over there. <laughs> there, there he is. That easy. I would love it if he directed an episode of Star Trek. If mm-hmm. they were like, hey, we got like a weird horror episode. That'd be so cool if they tricked him into doing an episode of Star Trek. Yeah, like, cause, and I mean, they have a lot of interesting, Emily was telling me about one, I think it was Strange New Worlds, but it was like essentially a submarine movie. I guess it was kind of an old timey submarine thing, but in space. And that's about all I knew. But I had seen them talk about it on Twitter randomly. And then the next day she was like, oh, you might be interested in this episode I watched. And I was like, I actually know about that. And I didn't watch it, but it sounded very intriguing. Well, in this film, he's done a bunch of films in the past 10, 15 years, but they've been a bit more like History of Violence, which was great. So good. And he did a period piece that I forget the name of, another Viggo movie. Yeah. So this has Viggo Mortensen in it again. Kirsten Stewart, Mm -hmm. who I love. And Leah Seydoux, who is a French actress who was in Blue is the Warmest Color. Mm-hmm. And then she was in the last couple of Bond movies, I think. Oh, yeah. that's I knew she was in something kind of major. And she was in the last couple of Wes Anderson movies. All right. But I like her a lot. So it's got three really great actors in the center of this movie. Somebody joked it's almost like David's son did a very Cronenberg-y kind of movie. Yeah. And it was almost like he saw that and went, good job, son. 
Let's see how I do it again. Yeah, yeah. Possessor was so good. I loved that. Hopefully this David Cronenberg can make <laughs> as good of a movie <laughs> as his as son. be as cool as his son. And plus, let's not forget that he played a small cameo role in Friday the 13th Part 10, which yeah. you'll see on our screens some year. <laughs> in, in like 2024 or something yeah. like that. And lastly, like he's so good in Nightbreed. It, I it, love Nightbreed. I, he's so creepy and the mask he wears is just terrifying. Like what, what a great performance. Nightbreed's one of my favorite Canadian, not really a Canadian movie. Yeah. Because it's set in Canada and it's filmed in Canada, but it's a British writer, director, and an American production house, I think, but still distinctly Canadian, which is really cool. A good Canadian monster yeah. movie. And we're all weird freaks up here anyway, yeah. so it's like we basically live in that world. <laughs> David Cronenberg is Canada's sweetheart. That's what I love about this place. <laughs> yeah, he's so great. So then we have what is a, on the first night, will be a Canadian premiere, oh. which is so cool. When we booked it, it was only in New York, LA, and Ottawa. And since then, good for them, they've expanded to a number of other cities. But it was kind of exciting when we booked it, when we were able to say, we are the only theater in Canada showing this movie. But now it's on a bunch of stuff, and then it's going to be on Shudder, which, good for Shudder too for supporting these kind of things. Yeah. If you're in a city that doesn't have a Mayfair that's going to screen, this stop-motion animation movie called Mad God, it's directed by Phil Tippett, who... You will know from he did the chess piece stuff in Star Wars A New Hope. Mm -hmm. He worked on the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. He did Ed 209 in Robocop. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, he's a legend. He's really known as this grumpy old prospector guy almost <laughs> like who's just real like a not artsy like very much in there on the tech side of things and there's a new mark Marin podcast that he's on and it's a very good listen and evidently he was like yeah i was a uh, bipolar for a long time and in the last few years and an alcoholic which didn't help ah yeah that is a bad those couple. two things but he got himself turned around and he's on medication and he's doing much better now so anyhow the film is a on and off 30 years in the making yeah. movie, right around Jurassic Park time, where he famously said, well, I think we're extinct because CG was taking over stop motion. And that line got put into the movie and he was feeling extinct and he started working on this other project. And now, 30 years later, it's finally done. And it's just this one-man show of, well, not true. He had other people working on it, but very singular vision. And it's this weird, otherworldly, post-apocalyptic I think no dialogue. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, and I've heard it's somewhat gory at times, but it's stop motion. So it's not, I don't know. I don't know how graphic it actually yeah, is. But it looks great. Like the yeah. trailer looks great. And of course the trailer has all these cool people like Guillermo del Toro saying, this thing's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's gotten stellar reviews. Like it's been playing festivals the last six months at least, you know, and yeah. people seem to be loving it. And I didn't really think we would get it. I don't know. Like it's a weird little thing. Well, like, like I said, Good on them, because I think maybe with the word of mouth and buzz and stuff like that and, you know, getting on to Mark Marin, that's going to get a few more viewers. But it was initially New York, L.A., Ottawa. The three major cities. The three major <laughs> cities on Earth. And then to Shutter. And now yeah. it's getting a limited run for a few days in all these cinemas, which is so good. So mm -hmm. nice to see it. And of course, as every filmmaker says, Phil Tippett was like, please see it on the big screen. Because yeah. you see it on the big screen and you really see all the details. I'm very excited by this. So if you come on Friday... Canadian premiere, and then it's also encoring on Wednesday, Thursday, which will still be the Ottawa premiere. Talk about a weird, big screen, awesome movie. 
Yeah, no, Shudder's been doing a good job acquiring very neat worldly type cinema, like the sadness and this. And, you know, there's been, there are tons more, but just, I was a bit dismissive when Shudder first came out and just sort of like, oh yeah, another streaming service, but they've been doing a really good job. And it's another example of they don't have to be the enemy because yeah. I'm sure the people running Shudder are movie fans and like going to movies, but, you know, sometimes you're at home. Yeah. We can have this symbiosis of playing Mad God for a few days and then it goes on to their streaming service where people can watch it again or there's going to be somebody who just because they're working or whatever misses it here and it's like, oh, I missed it at the Mayfair and they'll have that option to see it. Where sometimes a movie like this, I can't imagine a movie like this showing up in Roger's video back in the day. It probably would be lost. It would play at a bunch of festivals and then be like, I don't know where it is. No, that's an invisible cinema type movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so, and I think it has a heavy Star Wars connection because... Phil worked on all three of the original Star Wars films. Yeah, and he is that guy. He is, you know, he's not a household name to everyone, but, you know, he is like a Stan Winston, a Tom Savini, just yeah. a legend. Yeah. So then our fourth film this week, I love four movie weeks. There's a chance you, if you're crazy, you can come see all, all four of them. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So at long last, we have had this coming soon poster up forever, almost <laughs> just like a wish. Just yeah. like the other day, one of the candy bar kids was like, are we ever getting that? I'm like, I hope so. Because like we've had this up for four months. Everything, everywhere, all at once is finally coming to our screen for a full week, for seven days in a row. Mayfair premiere. Mayfair say, premiere. Not an Ottawa premiere, but it's a Mayfair premiere. And this, good for them, is it was doing surprisingly well at multiplexes. Mm -hmm. So it actually had legs where I don't think it ever reached number one or maybe even not number two. Yeah. But for 12 weeks... I think 12 weeks, it hung on and was like number four, number seven, number eight, yeah. number four, just creeping along and making some money. And for Mayfair fans, I'm glad if you waited, because I was like, I promise it's coming. I promise it's going to come. Yeah, for sure. And this is a, from the directors of Swiss Army Man, which we also screened a few years back. Yeah. Weirdo Daniel Radcliffe movie, which is everything <laughs> that Daniel Radcliffe makes. Yeah. And it's, I've tried not to look too much because I like seeing things fresh, but it is a big, epic, Michelle Yeoh starring multiverse dramatic comedy action film. Yeah, she plays 20 roles or something like that, you know, yeah. like essentially. And we all knew this already. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you knew this already. Michelle Yeoh is the coolest. And in the past few years, she's gotten a bit more mainstream because mentioning David Cronenberg, she's on Star Trek, oh, but yeah. she was in Crazy Rich Asians. She's the coolest. And this is a rare central leading role for a middle-aged awesome woman. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's so great. And that it's making money and getting critical acclaim. And you can point at it and be like, yeah, see, let women be in movies because yeah. it's still a fight. It's horrible that it's still a fight. But every time it happens, you would think you would point at it. And I've heard Gina Davis talking about this, where when Thelma and Louise came out, critically acclaimed, two women in the lead, made a ton of money, but there were still people in Hollywood going, no, we can't have female-centric movies. And you're yeah. like, but... But <laughs> we had Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's the thing. And especially for non-white women, that's another major yeah. thing. It's like, sure, you know, you're going to get roles for the three to five, quote unquote, older white women that people know. But just anyone beyond that, it's just such a struggle. And to hear Michelle Yeoh talk about that and just basically crying, talking about how important this yeah. role was to her. And this is the role of her lifetime, essentially, is what she was saying. And yeah. just to have that kind of trust in those filmmakers and then the audience, too, is just incredible. And you go back to, like, the 70s. And I love Sigourney Weaver. So Gwen asked the other day, who was the first female 
movie action hero. And I have yet to look at this. I'm not looking at the internet right now. I'm just discussing this. But I was like, I bet you could go back to like the Wild West of movies. Like, and I don't know if you quite say that's action hero, you know. But then you go to the 70s and you've got Sigourney Weaver. You got Princess Leia. Not till the 90s, you got Linda Hamilton in T2. But we didn't really have... You know, especially in those 80s, 90s, which were JCVD and Steven Seagal and Schwarzenegger and Stallone. But I'm like, it's Michelle Yeoh. Because Michelle Yeoh in the 80s was a supporting character in a number of martial arts films. Then in the 90s did Super Cop. Then came to the Americas in, was it the 90s? Tomorrow Never Dies? 2000s? Yeah, I wouldn't even say it. 2000s? No, like 97? 97? I, I want to say 97. Yeah. So late 90s was a new definition of a Bond girl. And then Crouching Tiger. And then now she's Michelle Yeoh. I think it's Michelle Yeoh is the first... And over in Asian countries, they're much better about having female action heroes. Yeah. And now we have Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. We have a Tomb Raider movie every once in a while, but it's not quite the same thing. Yeah, like Cynthia Rothrock was the only one I could think of, and that's like direct-to-video 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, is what it is. I mean, legend, obviously, but (laughs) she paved the way for Tomorrow Never Dies, I'm sure. But no, it is, and it is funny too to think about how long Michelle Yeoh's career has been. Oh yeah, especially the people who don't know she was already a star for what twenty years or something. Right? Oh, for sure. And I think her first handful of roles, supporting parts, were in the early '80s, and then she became a star over there and for nerds over here with her Super Cop movie. And then less than ten years after that was Crouching Tiger, which was up for all these Oscars and everything. So and nineteen eighty five, yes, madam, is so good because she's actually in it with Cynthia Rothrock. Oh, cool! So you get both of them, but that's such a fun movie. Yeah, like, I know, so, I've seen that one. It's so good. It's like, like I think I'd seen like the dubbed version, and I need to see the original version. But just one of those, yeah, like eighty five. I mean, I was three years old, so <laughs> yeah. it took a while to see that one. But still, yeah, it's got such a cool career to deep dive over. And then you see her in Star Trek. And you're just like, on top of the skills as a martial artist, you're like, wow, you can act. Yeah. Like, she can act. Great timing. Like, funny, too. And so this movie, I like it when a genre movie is really important, which often it is the genre movies. Mm. Pretend that Alien was, instead of about a bunch of space truckers, about a bunch of truckers. Mm -hmm. Well, then that would be an important movie because Sigourney Weaver would be the central character. And it is funny. Take the Alien out of Alien and the death, and it could be kind of a story about a bunch of miners or truckers or something like that but it's cool that this big sci-fi epic has michelle yo in the central role instead of a young white dude yeah that's great yeah we have enough of those we're good yeah we don't need more of those (laughs) and it's the return of the actor who was in temple of doom and oh, Goonies. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I still don't remember his name with all due respect. The yeah. guy whose work I've enjoyed for years. And he stepped away for a while and was doing some behind the scenes stuff. And I read an article where he said something came up and he knew they were looking for an Asian actor who could do martial arts. And he was just like, can I do it? It was his first audition in like a long time, like 20 years. And he's been getting rave reviews in this movie. Yeah. And then, of course... Someone who is always the coolest, Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, has been getting, and this movie, for being the type of movie it is, and it's early in the year, has been getting awards buzz, where they're like, if there's any justice, Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh and the film should be getting nominations. Yeah. Yeah at the turn of the next year it will i'm not sure if it'll get the lofty ones they're hoping for like a best actress type thing yeah like it should yeah but time will tell yeah so yeah i'm i'm so happy we got everything everywhere all at once 
And maybe it could instigate us. Sometimes it happens or this will happen. And then one of the cool retro distributors might get a hold of some of those old films. Yeah. And despite what I just said about maybe not showing as many weird little stuff for the next little while. <laughs> to contradict myself from earlier. We would totally show a bunch of Michelle Yeoh movies. We just yeah. did. We showed a couple of her movies a little while ago and they were very much fun to see on the big screen. Yeah. Now you, you got to watch Yes, Madam. Highly recommend I do. It. Maybe yeah. we can get that. Yeah. So good. But uh, yeah. So that is our four big second run movies this week. Except first run for that one for one day. Yes, that's true. So three second run films, Crimes of the Future, Everything Everywhere, and Benediction. And then the Canadian premiere of Mad God on the Friday. And that's only because, and I looked this up because our friends at some theaters in Toronto and Vancouver are also screening it, but they're screening it on Saturday or later in the week. Nice. So I looked and I'm like, yeah, Canadian premiere. Well done. Yeah, that's going to be good. I'm assuming it's probably the nine o'clock, but. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. No, that's going to be, I really want to see it on the big screen. So come out to that. So thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to wrap things up and go eat some pizza and maybe go watch a depressing movie or something maybe not who knows we can't tell you yeah nothing's happening you can find more information about upcoming films at mayfairtheater.ca and on all the social media stuff and we look forward to having you back in here soon for some awesome big screen movies thanks everybody bye Bye. oh now i have to track down that cage poster that i know is somewhere around here oh it is i might have to fight someone if i don't find it In the explosive sequel to Supercop, one woman must go undercover to expose the world of terrorists, smugglers, and espionage. From the director of Rumble in the Bronx comes the non-stop adventure thriller with the hottest action heroine, Michelle Yeoh and Jackie Chan, as you've never seen him before. Super Cop 2.